0: The podcast that you're about to listen to may cause some viewers to randomly start making sounds
1: similar to this. Okay, I've got my notebook here, coffee.
0: Hey, hey there, happy innovators. What's up? How you been? Did you guys like that video that I put out last week? It wasn't a podcast, but it was a short little video I did about my drumming, you know, the air drumming thing. And, uh, you know, I got a handful of really positive responses to that. And I wanted to say thank you to all those who did so. I realize it's kind of like out there a little bit you know that's how i am i'm weird and i do things differently than most people and i have a different point of view than most people at least the people that are around me most of the time i mean a lot of the people that i run into are really kind of just ordinary people and they're not artists so they look at me a lot of the time like they don't know where the hell i'm coming from but i can handle hanging out with the normies you know (laughs) it's no big deal to me You know, anyway, to get things started...
2: Grab your cup! It's coffee time!
0: Ding, ding, ding! You heard the man! Time for your coffee! Let's go! Oh man, is that good. Anyway, yeah, speaking of hanging with the normies, check this out. You know, I was telling you about that drive that my wife and I took from Ohio to Massachusetts and we went over that bridge and all that in this van that's loaded down with like, you know, different kinds of antiques and heirlooms from my parents' house, you know, the things that were uh, gifted to me by my family and from my parents, you know. So uh, we're on our way, you know, earlier in the trip, on the way back from Ohio to Massachusetts, you know, making that crossing over New York State and we stopped at this rest stop, you know, to get something to eat and kind of chill out for a minute. You know, I had been driving for about, you know, four hours straight or something or five hours straight. So we stopped, you know, and we're in this rest stop and we're waiting in line at some fast food place or something. And over the PA system in this uh, rest stop, they're playing music, right? And this song by Tears for Fears comes on. You know, everybody wants to rule the world. And, you know, I'm not sure if I've ever said this before in my podcast, but I really, really like Tears for Fears. I mean, I think that they are such a great band. And, you know, especially now, you know, like right now, uh, they released an album a couple years ago called The Tipping Point. And there's a song on that record. It's the title track called The Tipping Point. And... Oh my gosh, I think it's like the best song they've ever done, you know, and the video is great, too. I mean, the whole thing. But, you know, you watch these guys in concert, even like right now, and they're better than a lot of the music that's coming out right now. They're better performers than a lot of the performers that are out right now. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was we're in this rest stop and their song comes on the PA. So... You know, welcome to your day, day, you know, and I'm just kind of sitting there with my wife and we're kind of hanging out. We're like bopping to the music, you know, and then like we gradually kind of started to notice, like as we're kind of like looking around, waiting, everybody in the line that we're in is kind of bopping to the song the same way that we are, you know, and it was awesome because there was like this moment where everybody in the line kind of realized that we were all like dancing to this music and singing along with it. And there were like old people, there were young people, there were hip hoppers, there were, you know, I mean, like every kind of walk of life in this line, you know, randomly in this rest stop. And we're all kind of digging this song, you know, and it turned into this thing where everybody just started laughing because we were all doing the same thing to the same song for the same reasons, even though we were all very different, you know? And we started to talk to each other and, you know, oh, I love Tears for Fears. And, oh, did you hear their new album? And, oh, I love that song, Sowing the Seeds of Love. And, oh, you know, everybody was just talking, you know, spontaneously. It was just like, like a happening. I'm not exactly sure what it means, you know, but I thought that it was worth mentioning. You know, I glean from that experience. I glean. (laughs) Glean.
2: Glean, 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 glean,
0: glean. Okay. (laughs) I think that that experience kind of showed me that good is good. Like, when a song is good, it doesn't matter what they're singing about, really. It's kind of like... The way that it sounds and the way that it makes people feel, you know, and uh, actually it reminds me of a couple of things. One of them being synesthesia, which is when people see music like in color and also a thing called somatics not semantics, but somatics. It's like the effect of uh, sound waves on water and oh my gosh, we'll talk about that on another podcast but do yourself a favor type in the word sematics c-y-m-a-t-i-c-s into google and look at some of that footage it'll blow your mind okay anyway so back to the rest stop in new york state upper new york state um you know we were all kind of just bopping to everybody wants to rule the world and even though it was very brief and like right after that song ended and, you know, people got their stuff that they were waiting for, the food, you know, Uh, we all split. But that will live with me for a while. It was kind of cool. It was like every once in a while, I'll get these little affirmations that show me that the real path to making universal music, music that speaks to many, many people, is usually music that sounds nice. It's not confrontational in any way um you may not know what i mean i probably don't make any sense to most people but i take note of these things you know as i move through life you know that um though we may laugh you know all of us may laugh that you know credence clearwater revival and peter paul and mary sell more records every year than metallica does you know what i mean like nobody talks about that because they're not in vogue It's not sexy and dark and mysterious and cool. It's just happy music that makes people happy, you know, makes them feel good or remember what it used to be like in their life or whatever. Um, It's true. Look up the stats. Creedence Clearwater Revival and I think it's Peter, Paul and Mary. It's been a while since I've looked, but um, they sell so much music like every year. At least it used to be that way. It might be different now. Anyway, so yeah, cheers for fears. Awesome band, if you wanna do yourself a favor, I'll leave a link actually in the description for this to their video for the tipping point because it is excellent. Okay, anyway, I was talking a couple weeks ago in a podcast about my numbers, you know, on social media and stuff and how they're low. And uh, I do have some, you know, evidence Uh, analytical evidence to prove that that's a bullshit thing for me. It's just I've been chosen to like, you know, not be in the YouTube club, you know, for whatever reason. Um, Maybe they don't like the cut of my jib, you know, or something like that. But uh, I don't think it would be anything like, you know, they don't like my message or anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whatever. Anyway. You know, it got me to thinking about a couple things, you know, like, like that idea that my numbers are so low and like, why would they do that? You know, not only to like, you know, keep my content from reaching many, many people for whatever reason. Okay. And, uh, I'm not even saying it's anything personal or anything. It might be just because like, you know, I'm just not in the club. I never have been. I'm an outsider artist, you know, read my description. right? But um, I think that they do that kind of stuff to people sometimes to discourage them, you know, to make them kind of like think to themselves, well, I'm doing all this hard work on this video and I only got 10 views, you know, and uh, maybe I should stop, you know, and I just laugh because for whatever reason, you know. (laughs) I just don't think that way, you know, like, uh, no one ever really cared about what I was doing anyway. So that was never a deciding factor on whether I would do something or not, you know, (laughs) like whether it went over well or it was successful because I come from the world of hard scrabble, you know, I had to scratch for a lot of anything I got, you know, so The fact that I only get like on my view count, you know, like 50 views, you know, 36 views. Okay. I don't sit there and go like, Oh, like, what was me? I better watch some YouTube tutorials on how to increase my fan base. You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, what is the opposite of that? That's probably what I'll do. You know what I mean? Like I was accused lately by a family member, no less of, um, doing things that are self-sabotaging, you know? Um, and I thought that was kind of funny, you know, um, like for instance, like, oh, you should never, you know, reveal that you were air drumming in those videos that I showed last week, you know, and I'm just kind of like, why don't you do me a favor? and keep your opinion to yourself because unfortunately and this is going to probably sound pretty mean but i don't mean it i swear i don't mean this in a negative way okay but there's a term i've heard and that term is philistines okay and just so there's no confusion today on what i'm talking about or what i'm about to say i'm going to grab my new Oxford American Dictionary here. And I'm going to look up the word Philistines.
1: Okay, let's see here.
0: Philistine. P-H-I-L-L-I-S-T-I-N-E. Philistine. The second definition. A person who is hostile or indifferent to culture and the arts or who has no understanding of them, Philistines, basically people that, you know, when it comes to art and, uh, you know, the humanities, things like that, they just are either indifferent to it or they have no understanding of it or desire to understand anything about it. And, uh, unfortunately for me, okay. I come from a very large tribe of Philistines really. Okay. And, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade on my family or anything here, but it's just the way that it is, you know, Um, I was kind of like in a lot of ways, not entirely, but almost entirely uh, on my own, you know, so when people like that give me an opinion about something I'm doing artistically or whatever, I will listen. Okay, I listen to them. And I'll take it to heart and I'll analyze it. I'll let it dissolve, you know, in the synapse of my brain and I'll think about it and I'll come to a conclusion. And uh, in this case, the one that I'm talking about with this person, you know, talking about how they didn't like some of the ideas that I had. They didn't understand it. Okay, I guess maybe, you know, I could readjust or, you know, try to conform in some way to appeal to that person. Okay, but I kind of feel like as an artist, really, and you may be the same way, you kind of have to make decisions about like what sections of the population you really are going to pander to or you'll make concessions to. And, you know, I got to say, honestly, for me, this idea of, you know, pandering to somebody who is, quote unquote, a philistine you know they have no idea about anything that i'm doing and they don't really get anything that i'm doing while that makes me sad while i hope that they would get something from it or whatever uh i'm not particularly worried about it too much you know i used to kind of worry about that but man at this stage of the game I've been doing this for so long, you know, and uh, I I know what to do and what not to do with it, you know, (laughs) and that may sound strange, but it's a fact, you know, so, you know, peace, love and Melba toast to that member of my family, you know, who may or may not be listening at this point. I'm not sure. And, you know, hey. See you in the funny papers Anyway, so I was talking about how You know, the low view count And all that kind of stuff Like what would be the reason really um, For limiting somebody's exposure On social media Like for some kind of algorithm Or some kind of something You know, slowing somebody's progress down Like why would they do that? You know, other than They don't like the message or whatever And I really think it's because They want to discourage people They want to make people stop making stuff they don't like, or they want to make people stop making stuff that isn't carrying the message that they want carried out into the world. And uh, well, okay, that's a form of censorship, but it's also kind of underhanded and really dirty and something I'm not interested in and frankly, really it's not something that I worry about. So, you know, no pity for me here. Okay. Because the view count on my podcast video on YouTube only has, you know, 30 views, you know, after like a year, you know what I mean? Um, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And you know, it kind of makes me think about this idea of, um, You know deep fakes and that kind of stuff that we're hearing about now you know that we're we're living in this time we're living in a society in a world where you know we're on the cusp of like an ocean of ai deep fakes you know and you know i've seen a couple of examples of these ai deep fakes like what they're capable of doing you know manipulating footage of somebody and their mouth and making them say things they never said and the computer can generate a voice that sounds just like that person the timbre and the inflection of their voice and everything you know um, I think I saw one with like Joe Rogan you know and it was it was fascinating it was somebody who created a fake Joe Rogan video you know of him speaking saying things he never said but You know, if I hadn't have been told that it was fake, I don't know. I might've thought that it was real. And I know I've talked about this a long time ago on this podcast, like this idea that we might be living in like a simulation, you know, and, um, and that sounds outrageous or whatever, but maybe what that means is what we're seeing. A lot of what we're seeing is a simulation. It's not real. You know, you're watching footage of, you know, some politician or somebody talking on the screen and it's not them and they never said that, but it's being purported as something that was said and done by that person. And we have no way of knowing whether it's fake or not. Okay? Now, that could be like conspiracy theory or whatever. So I concede to that. Like I might be wrong and you know that might be too far out there okay but if you think that that is too far out okay then you're gonna really think that this is really far out but over the past month or so okay ever since tucker carlson has left uh fox news you know um i think he was on fox news i don't even watch that stuff okay i tune it out Almost entirely, um, I'm not sure I've ever watched an entire episode of Tucker Carlson all the way through. And that's not because I disagree with his politics or I agree with his politics. None of that. It's like, I cannot stand when somebody is delivering like the news, you know, like Walter Cronkite used to do or Peter Jennings when I was a kid, you know, and Instead of giving me the news, they're kind of like giving me their conjecture, their opinion. They're telling me what I should think and what I just heard and what I just saw. And it's like, I just saw it. I don't need you to explain to me what I saw. You know what I mean? I don't need that. I can come to my own conclusions. So I normally don't like that stuff at all. Okay. I would rather watch paint dry. And watch Tucker Carlson talk about anything, okay? But apparently he's very popular in the world these days and, uh, you know, I'm so far removed from it, you know, that I don't realize that, okay, okay. So he leaves Fox News, right? And it's like a scandal or something and there's like lawyers involved and, oh, it's this big story, you know? There's all this drama happening around Tucker Carlson. So maybe a couple weeks later, Tucker Carlson makes his first appearance on Twitter. And I guess that's a big deal. Okay, Um, I'm not sure because I've never really watched anything on Twitter, you know, or any of the social media platforms except for YouTube. I'll admit I do watch stuff on YouTube, but I don't watch stuff on TikTok. I never did Snapchat. Uh, not big on Facebook at all and uh, Twitter not at all okay but I guess Tucker Carlson making his first appearance on Twitter was a big deal right but the point I'm getting at and like you know what I'm trying to say is like I'm watching his video because it's you know historical or whatever it's his first one going renegade here you know on Twitter and I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself like something's not right here. Like I'm watching him talk. I'm looking at his face. I'm listening to his voice. It sounds like him. It looks like him. But there's something about it that looks like it's not real. Like like it looks like it was generated by somebody on a computer. Now you may disagree with me. You may think I'm nuts. I I don't care. But when I see that now, because he's made a few more, you know, I'm watching these videos now, not because I'm interested in what he's talking about. I'm interested in this idea that is this a deep fake? Like, am I watching something that's completely fake? You know, they took the the likeness and the voice of Tucker Carlson, the brand name, Tucker Carlson. But it's some kind of AI generated program that we're watching. And, uh, it could be possibly maybe that Tucker Carlson isn't saying any of these things at all, you know, that it's some other thing that we're watching and it looks Pretty real, I guess if you weren't of the mindset that things like that could be faked, you wouldn't really think that it's fake. But for me, I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, the tint, like the, the contrast, the, uh, the lighting of him is darker, you know, it's a little more obscured. Um, you know, it just looks to me like it's fake. And I think, I think there's a good possibility that we may find out somewhere down the line that the Tucker Carlson stuff on Twitter is fake. It's not really him. Now I don't know what that means, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, they tied Tucker Carlson up. He's in a box somewhere, you know, you're bound and gagged while they're like faking him talking over here but you know he may be aware of it he may have signed off on it for a price you know Uh, they took this thing that he had built and this image that he had created and this likeness of him and the sound of his voice and the way he delivers his lines and he may have sold it you know like maybe is that crazy is that wackadoo I don't know I don't know Nowadays, the answer is definitely no, like that is not wackadoo. And that is like, not out of the realm of possibility whatsoever. Okay. And, uh, it's a little freaky, right? It's a little weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is Tucker Carlson, you know, as of this very moment in time. Is the Tucker Carlson that we are looking at and listening to, is that a fake AI generated Tucker Carlson saying whatever the hell they want this thing to say, you know? And if you think about it, that's an interesting tool, isn't it? Right. To take the face and the likeness and the voice of somebody that's, you know, trusted by many people and followed by many people, a major influencer, right? Uh, isn't it interesting if they were able to kind of hijack that whole program, that, that voice, that face, that message, that audience, okay. And make that image, that likeness say and do whatever you know, the people that are pulling the strings on this thing decide he should say and do. You know, is that outrageous? No, not really. Not really. It's definitely possible. And there would definitely be benefits to something like that. So I don't know. It's a little out there. I get it. I do. I do. And I'm not like, you know, waving a banner saying, I think this is what it is. I'm just saying to you and really to myself. Take a close look at it, you know? Like, think about that. Is that fake? Is it fake? Could it be fake? You tell me, okay? You tell me.
2: Grab your cup. It's coffee time. Mm. Mm
1: Mmm. Mmm-mm-mm-mm. Dunkin' Donuts coffee, once again. Uh Mm Mmm-mm.
0: Anyway, yeah, yeah, let's take a New Age Dolphin commercial break, hang on. You know, a few weeks ago, it was all over the place. This idea of, uh, I think his name was Dylan Mulvaney and the Bud Light thing, you know? And, well, I have a lot of opinions about that kind of stuff. None of which would be popular with anybody ever, anywhere. Um, I do think it's kind of a funny thing to think about because, you know, if no one had ever talked about that whole thing online, like if that had never come in my news feed on my YouTube or whatever, like I don't drink beer and, you know, I'm not really tuned in to the trans lifestyle and all that. Like, I don't really care about it. So the only way that I would ever hear about it is if I was being force fed the information. And that's something to consider, isn't it? Really? You know, that, you know, we're being fed a bunch of stuff that we normally watch or something, and they'll be talking about this thing that happened. With Bud Light, okay, in this case. And I would never know about it. Like, if they didn't talk about it on all these other shows and all these other talking heads weren't, like, bringing it up and making a video about it, okay? And uh, it makes me think, you know? Is that how it goes, like, from here on in? Like, there's, like, a party line. They decide that this week they're going to talk about Bud Light and the trans agenda. So every single show, every single talking head, every single YouTube personality, everybody talks about the trans agenda and Bud Light all in their different ways. Some go, Oh, like I hate it. And some go, Oh, I really like it. And I'll never drink Bud Light again. And some people go like, I'm going to go buy Bud Light tonight just to prove that they're right, you know, but. Then it comes and goes, you know, the next wave comes and it's uh, what? Donald Trump is being indicted, you know? Oh, I think he should be indicted. Oh, I don't think he should be indicted. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, you know? And I'm just kind of sitting there like, okay, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. And I don't want to watch that. And I'm not interested in that. Why is it being sent in my feed? I don't watch anything like that. I don't watch anything about that. You know, why am I being forced fed this stream of BS, you know? And then it occurs to me like, what if, what if, what if I'm being sent certain things, okay. And you, the listener here you're being sent certain things, obviously, right? We have likes and dislikes, you know, uh, I watch a lot of what uh, music videos. So uh, I get a lot of music video recommendations. Okay. I get that. You know, that's cool. That makes sense. I watch a lot of videos, you know, but what if there's an algorithm somewhere, you know, deciding what's going to be sent to me and what's going to be sent to you. And it may not be things that we like, it may be things we don't like, but they're trying to force feed us this information and this message. And if, you know, you have no brain cells left in your brain and you're a complete idiot, like you just go like, OK, I agree. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll play along. Yeah. You guys have turned me around on that. You know, um, you know, you'd be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm not interested in it why am I being shown it? And why is it being talked about? You know? And that question answers itself, doesn't it? If there's something that I'm really not interested in, but somebody somewhere wants me to be, you know, think about it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's such a weird, weird thing to think about and a weird time to be in, but you know, this idea of being in a simulation, you know, when I first heard that, it was kind of like the flat earth thing. Like, yeah, there's an edge you can fall off, you know? The simulation thing they're talking about, you know, when I first heard it, I thought like, you mean to tell me like my house and this table that I'm sitting at here and all this, this is all a computer generated thing? No, 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 no. Not it at all. But what we are being shown is a simulation that would make more sense to me. I don't think the trees that I'm looking at right now are computer generated. And it's like a figment of my imagination. Okay. I think it's a little too far out there, even for me. Okay. But I kind of think, you know, thinking about the Tucker Carlson thing, thinking about that Bud Light thing. eh, It's a little weird. It's a little strange. And, you know, Donald Trump being indicted, you know, and no one ever kind of wonders, actually, on that front, at least the way that I see it is like, what if, what if all that stuff with Donald Trump being indicted is all kind of just a fake thing that was set up, you know, like um, to call attention to him or to, you know, make him talked about Like that needed to happen like people needed to talk about him more than they do already like which is like all the time you know that's all people talk about like oh my gosh like every day there's a new thing about him you know i think he's the most famous person that has ever lived i think he's more famous and more well known than anybody else ever, any leader, any celebrity, any movie star, any rock star. This guy is blowing everybody out of the water just on his notoriety, his uh, ability to be recognized by every culture, every walk of life, every socioeconomic level. You know, everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows his name and everybody has an opinion one way or the other. You know, but here's, here's a weird thought. It never really occurred to anybody, but it occurred to me, okay, it did, that maybe this whole thing is all set up and what we're about to see, like in the future, is now that that precedent has been set, that a former president, you know, somebody on that level can be indicted for a crime, Think about the precedent that it sets and think about what that means for the future. You know, I kind of wonder I could be wrong. I could be way off, you know, but I think about it like, oh, okay. I get it. That would be interesting. Wouldn't it? If Donald Trump had himself indicted. Okay. And people go, oh, it's an outrage. And there's people like, oh, it's so great. He's finally going down. Right? Like that's the sound. That's the sound of the crowd, right? But it sets the precedent for the future so that now that thing that was once at one time outrageous and unheard of, now there's kind of like, you know, somebody who did it recently. And it opens the door, you know, for all these leaders, you know, Obama, Hillary Clinton, like all of them, now they can be indicted. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Think about that as a strategy. Because it's kind of like, really, at this point, I would say Trump is a guy who plays the long game, you know, Um, so that might be the plan. And, you know, they indict him on something that's ridiculous and stupid, you know, it's doesn't make any sense. It's like just another takedown attempt or whatever. Right. But what if it's actually orchestrated to be that? You know, to seem that way, like, Oh my gosh, he's a victim. You know, they're victimizing him. I don't know. There's probably a lot of people that are like, shut up or I don't agree. Or, Oh, I think this way. I think that way. I'm like, you know, you guys can think what you want. You know, that's the great thing about free speech and living in America is you can, you know, free think too, you know, don't forget that you can, you're allowed to think what you want. You know, people can't tell you what to think. And as soon as they start to tell you what to think, we're going to have problems, man. So think about that. (laughs) I'm telling you what to think here. Think about this, you know, but it is a possibility, isn't it? Is it outrageous? It actually would be a really great strategy. Think about that. It could be, it could be, you know, it's so ridiculous and over the top and like a circus, you know, it's kind of sad in a way to me, because, you know, I remember the days of what politics used to be like in America. And it really has gone the way of the dodo bird. That old way of politics is gone. You know, I know like everybody has to kind of eventually pick a side. But at this point in time, I'm kind of just comfortable sitting back and watching. You know, um, it's sad to me. Maybe you feel the same way. You know, I don't get like heated and excited and anxious when I see this stuff. I get like bummed out and I roll my eyes, you know, and sigh. I'm like, oh, it's just so stupid. It's all going the wrong way, you know, if you ask me. That's how it feels to me, you know, is that good or bad? I don't know, man. I don't know. What do you want? You want me to say like, I like this. I like that. You know, I'm on this side. I'm on that side. It's like, I think it's all stupid, you know? So, uh, I don't know. Bums me out. Should probably change the subject. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea.
2: Grab your cup. It's coffee time.
0: You know, it's kind of funny to me that when I talk to people sometimes, you know, we're talking about religion or something like that, spirituality and religion and they'll go, well, you know, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, you know? (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. You're, you're spiritual, but you're not religious. Okay. That's your choice. That's your prerogative. That's cool. Okay. I don't care. Good luck, man. I hope that when you die, that you go to a good place and that it's, you know, it is for you the best that it can be, you know? And I hope the same for myself and for the people that I love and I care about, you know, that when we die, we go on to something better, right? Uh, Whether we're right or wrong, I don't know, I don't know, okay? But one thing that I know that a lot of people don't really think about or talk about, okay, when it comes to spirituality and religion, okay, is, you know, not the afterlife or, uh, you know, judgment and sin and, you know, mercy and forgiveness and, you know, all that. Okay. That's, that's part of it. And that's a whole separate thing. But one thing that people never really talk about, especially with me, or they don't realize, but I'm going to talk about it like right now is that when you belong to a religion. You know, you practice a a religion, a structured religion, a faith, okay? One of the things that happens is kind of like a peripheral advantage or a peripheral experience, okay? And we're talking about the daily life of a human being here, okay? Um, By once a week devoting, you know, a couple hours of your time, to gathering in a location, you know, agreed upon by a group of people and you all meet up and you worship publicly, like you normally you worship privately, you know, during the week, but once a week you set aside some time to come together with a group of people who agree, you know, and they want to worship together. You know, and uh, in an age of loneliness like we live in, I would imagine that would be not only like really appealing to people that are lonely, but um, it would be like a really good advantage to somebody who's lonely to have that opportunity every week to come together with people, you know, Um, and that may or may not interest you. you And I don't care. You know, I don't care. Uh, I'm not here to convert you to a religion, okay? Um, I happen to think my thinking is correct about religion, and we're not going to get into that, but the point is, okay, what I'm getting at here is that aside from all that, right, aside from coming together to worship with a group of people, uh, having a common belief and a common uh, you know, ritual you all do together, You know, one of the things that people never notice or talk about is that doing that once a week forces you, okay, if you're not a complete moron, okay, it forces you to get dressed up in nice clothes. Now, that may sound stupid to you, okay, but I'm here to argue that it's not stupid. Um, There's a word... And the word is decorum, D-E-C-O-R-U-M. And we're gonna talk about decorum, so I'll get my handy-dandy New Oxford American Dictionary yet once again today, and I'll read you the definition of decorum. Okay, let's get this book, oh man, this thing is heavy. Oh my gosh, this book heavy. A lot of information here, you (laughs) know, in one book. Ages and ages and ages of words and definitions. Okay, so here we go. Decorum. It's a noun. D-E-C-O-R-U-M. Behavior in keeping with good taste and propriety. A particular requirement of good taste and propriety. Suitability to the requirements of a person, rank, or occasion. Okay, so the point is that you know when you gather with a group of people in a sacred space once a week the idea traditionally is to put on nice clothing you know like let's say during the week you know you wear cargo shorts flip-flops and a t-shirt you know with a, a baseball hat turned backwards you know that's what you normally wear but on this day at this time You put on a shirt that's ironed, a collared shirt with a tie, probably a nice pair of pants and a sport coat, you know, like uh, once a week, you know, it forces you to, you know, wash your hands, shave your beard, you know, comb your hair, brush your teeth, get kind of cleaned up and kind of, you know, look and, you know, feel good. You know, that's what happens. When you get dressed up, you know, Um, and it's no small thing, you know, Uh, I'm an artist, I'm a rock and roller. I wear wild clothes sometimes and stuff like that. And I like that, you know, I like uh, uh, interesting clothing, you know, at least I think I do. I could be wrong, but I think I do. My wife tells me, okay, that my clothes are interesting. Okay. She likes the way I look, but you know, for both of us really. It's kind of nice, you know, aside from the ritual, you know, aside from the church, aside from the people and the feeling and the holiness and the, oh, it feels so, you know, those things that are internal like that. There's another aspect to it, you know, other than the solemnity, there's, there's a, a sense of decorum and a sense of dignity, getting dressed up once a week, not every day, you know, not every day. Thank God I don't have a job where I have to wear a tie every day. You know, I used to go to school where I had to wear a tie every day and I didn't like it, you know what I mean? Like I didn't like it after, you know, eight years, it really kind of sucked after a while, but you know, it's a tie and that's the proper decorum of a kid in that school, like that's what you wear, you know, and. You know, it taught me when I was young, like how to iron a collar. I ironed my own shirts when I was young. Now that I'm older and I spend most of my time kind of dressed comfortably the way that I want to be, it's good for me. It's good for everyone, I think, to take that time once a week to, you know, look good, you know, uh, feel good. And I got to be honest with you, man, it's it's really true all you happy innovators out there, you may know what I'm talking about here too, you know, that when you go out into the world with a t-shirt and flip-flops, you get treated differently, okay? No matter how much money you have in your wallet, you know, no matter how much you paid for your flip-flops that you're wearing or your cargo shorts, you get treated completely differently by everyone. Okay? Everyone when you're dressed up. Even if, okay, even if the clothes that you bought were bought at Goodwill and they were only a dollar 50. People don't know that when they see you walk into the room wearing nice clothes. And you know, your shirt tucked in and you shaved, you know? and you put on deodorant and you took a shower and your hair is combed, you know, and you walk differently. You feel differently. Uh, People treat you differently. It's um, a very strange experience. Sometimes for me, how differently I get treated, you know, I'm still the same idiot that I always am. You know, it's just, I get treated completely differently when I'm dressed a certain way. Now, they say, don't judge a book by the cover. And I get that, and that's true. It's wrong to do that, okay? It's wrong, because a lot of the time people are doing that, they're wrong. They're getting it all wrong. But that's part of the point, though, that I'm making here is that depending on what you're wearing, you know, no matter how much money you have, it doesn't have to be expensive clothes. You know, people will judge you by what you look like. They do. They can go, I don't judge a book by the cover. Yes, you do. Everybody does. Everybody sees somebody walking towards them. They immediately make a discernment, you know, uh, you know, practical distinction. Like I talked about in those uh, podcasts a while back, you know, a practical distinction. I look at something, I decide whether I like it or not, and then I move on. You know what I mean? Uh, Do I swerve out of the way or do I shake their hand? You know, like that kind of thing, you know? Um, That's how you survive. That's how you move through the world, right? And when you do this exercise or this ritual, like once a week, after a while, you know, it would be kind of like, let's say this, this weekend coming up, okay, all you happy innovators that are listening to this right now, okay, you all decide, you know what? I'm going to put what Mike is saying to the test. Okay. I'm going to put on some nice clothes and I'm going to go out into the world with nice clothes on, and I'm just going to see if I get treated any differently. You know, and I guarantee you dollars to donuts, man. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at how people treat you. You know, and you'll be surprised at how you feel about yourself, you know, um, the proper decorum, you know, uh, you know, the question being, you know, should a 50 year old man, you know, be walking around with cargo shorts, flip-flops and a t-shirt? Well, if I'm going to wash my car in my driveway, sure. Why not? Uh, if I'm going to the beach for a volleyball game, sure. Why not? But if I'm going to a restaurant, I don't know. You know what I mean? Now, you may disagree with me. You may be saying to yourself, Oh, I don't think it matters what I wear. It's what's on the inside that counts. That may be true. Okay? And in all honesty, really, that is the truth. Okay? But there's another truth. And that other truth is that the people that are seeing you and experiencing you in their space. They're making judgments about you. They're making decisions about you. And the only thing they have to go on is whether you combed your hair today or not. I mean, that's all they can really see, you know? Um, so do yourself a favor, you know, make it an experiment, you know, uh, this Sunday, you don't have to go to church, you know, although I recommend people do, I think it's a good thing to do for a whole host of other reasons that maybe, maybe somewhere down the line I'll get into here. But today, we're just talking about decorum. You know, uh, you'll be surprised at how different you feel and how different people treat you. You know, it always kind of bummed me out a little bit, you know, um, because growing up, You know, my father and especially my father-in-law, these, you know, older gentlemen that were like in my life. Okay. Um, They always dressed nice. You know, Um, when they went out in the public. Now, if it was a Tuesday and my dad was going to the hardware store to get a wrench, you know, he wouldn't put on a suit. That's not the proper decorum for going to a hardware store to get a wrench or a tool, right? But if he was going out to dinner, if he was meeting with friends, if he was going to church, if he was, you know, something like that, he would put on a sport coat. You know, he'd shave. Uh, My father never left the house without his hair combed and his face shaved. He never did. He never grew a beard. Uh, He never wanted to. I begged him to. He would say, no, I don't want that. You know, he just hair combed. Regular haircut, no beard, nice shirt and no, you know, no stains or crumbs on his shirt. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. My father-in-law, even more so, uh, he always looked sharp, nice shined shoes, a pair of slacks, a nice shirt, hair combed, always shaved, never rough shave, never five o'clock shadow. He always looked great when he left the house, you know? Um, But casual, too, at the same time, just up rather than down, you know, just a little bit up rather than down. That's what he did. You know, he would dress up and instead of dressing down. (laughs) Okay. Um, And it's been my experience, okay, that while this may not be the sum total of what a person is or the sum total of a person's impact on society, okay? That idea of wearing something nice, you know, once a week, once a week, you know, getting in the practice of, you know, wearing a nice shirt, nice clothes. And, you know, you wear the clothes you got, you look nice, but you do that a couple weekends in a row and you're going to start thinking to yourself, I think I want a new shirt, you know? So then you go to the store and you'll spend the money on the shirt because you're going to wear it, you know, not just for a wedding or a funeral, you're going to wear it at once a week, you know, it's money well spent. And, uh, oh my gosh, the way people treat you, I can't even stress it enough. I could probably do an entire podcast on that alone, you know, the experience, the odyssey of going out into society just once a week and dressing up and the idea of, you know, getting dressed and getting ready and being prepared and looking and feeling good, you know? It's, it's really uh, as much of a uh, self-esteem thing or interior thing as it is an exterior thing that other people see that really is kind of like about you, you know? How do you feel about yourself, you know? My mother always used to say to me growing up, you know, we wear on the outside what we are on the inside. She said that to me all the time. You know, when you'd see somebody who's just a mess, you know, they're a mess. Their their hair is messy. They haven't showered. They look dirty. They wear on the outside, what they are on the inside. Think about that. That could be wrong, but I don't think so, okay? Take it from me. It really is a, an important thing to try. You know, and it bums me out when I see older gentlemen, you know, older than my dad was, you know, and they look like they're going to a volleyball game, you know, they look like they're dressing like a kid, you know, and uh, it's not the proper decorum for an older man like that, like a guy in his 70s, you know, it's kind of sad to me? That they don't get it? That they don't have that kind of self-esteem, even? You know, to like put that together in their head? You know, my dad did. My father-in-law did. Why aren't you? You know, like why don't you get it? Joe over there, the guy with the outfit on, looks like a kid. Old man dressed in kids' clothes. Ah. Decorum. My happy innovators decorum. What is the proper decorum? It's kind of a big deal. You don't think so. I know it. I know it. Most of you out there are listening to me right now and you're like, oh, that's bullshit. Oh, shut up. I'll wear what I want. I want to be comfortable. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. And I'm wrong. Okay. But if you really are a happy innovator and you're willing to kind of give it a try, It'll blow your mind and it doesn't matter where you go and what you do, you know, uh, you could go to the store every Sunday, you know, the mall or whatever they do now. I don't really have malls that much anymore, I guess, but, uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Oof, so much there, but you know, go somewhere, go to a restaurant, go to the same restaurant. Okay. Every Sunday for a month or. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Go to a restaurant on a Saturday, okay? Wearing whatever you want to wear, okay? Same restaurant, okay? Go on a Saturday, same time, wearing whatever you want, okay? And then go the next day, go to the same restaurant, okay? With different clothes on, with your hair combed, your teeth brushed, and all that stuff, right? and order the same meal even okay and you watch how differently you get treated it will blow your mind same restaurant same table same food same time same building just a different day with a different outfit on and you just watch how you're treated and you know the reason i'm bringing this up the reason that it's on my mind is because i kind of noticed that when I was at my mother's funeral, you know, it was really a chance for me to see a lot of people in one room. It was a lot of people. And, you know, some are family and some are friends, you know? And I noticed that there was this threshold of, like, guys and gals over a certain age were all kind of dressed up, you know? Um, You know, and some people look better than others. You know, some people have really nice stuff. They really know how to dress and some people really don't, you know, but they tried, you know, they wanted to look nice. They wanted it to be separate from all the other outfits that they wear when they're, you know, just running around in the world Like they wanted to look different and they wanted to probably feel different and they wanted to demonstrate respect for me and my family and my mom, you know, but that younger generation, like below that line, Okay, I felt kind of sad for them because. They don't know what to wear, you know, like they don't even know how to dress nice. They don't know how it's not their fault, I don't think. They don't know how to dress well, like no one ever taught them how to iron a shirt and, you know, it's important sometimes to, you know, wear nice clothes and to take a shower for special occasions, you know, like weddings and funerals or whatnot, you know, church on Sunday or whatever. You're going on a date or, you know, you want to put your best foot forward. They don't even know what that means. They have no concept. This younger generation, I feel so bad for them. They have no concept of self-esteem or dignity or decorum. They have no idea. Like, it's not like they're being like rebellious or something. They don't know. Their parents, for whatever reason, never taught them. They never taught them decorum. I mean, where do we learn it from? You know, we learn it from our parents. We learn it from our elders, you know, um, manners and dignity and just self-respect. You know, they don't have any like idea that they should even want that. You know, it blows my mind and it makes me a little sad. And I'm not ridiculing them, you know? It's like it's not a judgment. It's just like really sad to me. You know? Like when I was 8 years old, I got the concept, you know? I had to every Sunday we went to church and I had to wear nice clothes and if I tried to, you know, pull the wool over my parents' eyes and go to church and like, you know, I don't know, what, a football jersey and a pair of jeans, you know, my parents would have like, get back in the house and change your clothes. Nice try, you know? But nowadays, oh man, I'm like an old, what do they say? I'm an old man yelling at the clouds. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard You know, what? because I'm older You know, like I don't know Or something, yeah, whatever Okay Um, Just, oh my gosh, I feel so bad For them Mm. There's another podcast on that Alone, right there And it's not like a ridiculing of them Or like a judgment of them Or like, oh I think I'm better than them It's not like that, it's pity It's pity these poor saps don't even know how to tie a tie. You know, they don't even know the feeling of wearing nice clothes and how people treat you and how that makes you feel about yourself. You know, just once in a while, man, you know, not every day, not every day. It's, it's okay. I don't dress like that every day, but every week, you know, once in a while, you know, I, I wear really nice clothes and I really try to look good and and feel good, you know, you know, going to do like a church thing or like going out on a special occasion or something. That's not the same as like going to the park to play Frisbee. They're two different things. And these poor bastards can't even differentiate between those two things. Like they wear the same thing to a funeral okay that they would wear to like the park to play frisbee like they don't get it and people notice you know sorry guys sorry girls people notice and they'll treat you badly or they'll treat you differently maybe not badly but they'll treat you differently because you don't know how to dress and you know, you may not like that idea. You may go, hey, I'm a rebel. I'm going to do what I want, and that's cool. I get that. Trust me, I get that, okay? I dig that, but have some self-respect. Like, construct yourself sometimes. You know, do the math yourself. Here I go, blah, 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 blah. I'm often and on and on and on and on and on and on, right?
2: Oh. Coffee time! I'm almost
0: out. I have to get some more. Anyway, my happy innovators. Man, I had so much other stuff I wanted to talk about today, but... (laughs) I'm feeling a little bit excited and long-winded. And uh, I went past the time that I wanted to. So, I have a bunch of talking points for the next podcast. How's that? So, my happy innovators. Now that my coffee is gone and uh, I talked for a really long time, I have other stuff to do, of course. You know, working on the new pipe choir music. And oh man, there's a couple of tracks, man, that are bangers. You guys are going to like this stuff. I really think so. We'll see. Um, That reminds me, I got to do some album descriptions for The Last Major Sin, The Wrench and the Rubicon, and I think PC1. S guns, Hmm. I got to do those. Hmm. They're coming. Don't worry. I'll do it. Um, But like I said, my coffee's gone. That sucks. And um, I'm going to get on with other things. So have a great week. Happy innovators. Be good to yourselves. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you got to give it away. And sometimes you should wear a tie. Take it easy. Okay, everybody, I got some music for you today. Kind of a funny idea, I guess. Um, Probably in 2013 or 2014, I was asked by the Free Music Archive, which is a place for Creative Commons music to be shared freely and openly. I was asked by somebody I knew there um, to participate in a contest they were having called the short song marathon and the idea was that you would make these songs um song ideas that were like 17 seconds or less i think that was the the criteria um and you know you would submit these ideas and they would be free for people to use or whatever you know for commercials or whatever they were doing films and um that kind of stuff and you know, they would be these short little bites of like sounds, short little songs. OK. And, uh, you know, for all of you out there that are listening that are familiar with the PC3 Diodata record, you know, you'll probably recognize some of these. Um, you know, it's, it was a long time ago and these songs were kind of like considered, you know, to be like scraps of ideas. And, uh, you know, it was fun and not a big deal. But I decided today what I would do is share with you the ideas that I submitted for the Short Song Marathon. So there's about 26 ideas here, you know, and they're all very short, 17 seconds or less. So uh, let's get into
2: it. Here we go. (laughs) Uh 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 uh
0: Okay. Okay. That was interesting, right? It was fun. Uh, Interesting experiment. Um, But I don't know. Today, I just kind of felt like that wasn't quite enough, you know? So what I decided that I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you a song I have called Ancient Whispers. And a lot of you probably know that song. And I I released uh, two versions of the song And uh, one of them became more popular than the other, maybe because it was included on a PC3 album. Um, So there was like version one and version two. So you know, I was digging through my vault of ideas and I came across both versions of Ancient Whispers. So I figured today I would share with you at the end of the end of the podcast, both versions of the song and uh you know i worked hard on them both i like them both you know um and uh you know i use that uh first deck guitar that i have that little toy you know i use it like a lute in this song so i thought that was kind of neat to listen to and i use a lot of that vocoder you know that robot voice and stuff playing around with that um i was happy with the way that these came out both of them so uh Without further ado, here we go. Uh, Pipe Choir or PC3, um, Ancient Whispers, version 1, and then version 2. Let's check it out.